want to uh, I want to ask you to take your Bible tonight and turn to Acts chapter fourteen. Acts chapter fourteen. I love being involved in a local church. I mean, there's nothing like it. A local church, a local group of baptized believers who have come together to worship, to study, to minister, to make a difference for the gospel. There is nothing like a local church. A while back, some time ago, a few years ago, I was dealing with a with an institution, academic institution, that had contacted me and talked to me about coming on faculty and teaching. And, and uh, my heart was there. I had been there many years in that institution. And that institution had uh, crafted this position for me and, and really was one of those where I could come in and teach maybe two classes a semester, talk about pastoral ministry, a little bit about preaching, and then I could oversee different ministers who were uh, coming up in the faith and they were growing in their own lives. And I could just kind of be over them. So they would let me be out in the church, out in the churches because they knew that I wasn't an individual that liked to sit in the office too much. So they knew that maybe I would come and, and be a part of that work. And it was a great opportunity, I thought, for me. And I talked about it, prayed through it. Leslie and I prayed through it. My my parents were praying through it because it would be a lot closer to them. So let me tell you, Mama offered many prayers for me that day in those times. But I'll tell you, when we began just working through it, and we understood that God called different people at different seasons of their lives to different places. But as we worked through it, one of the things that kept coming back to me is that God has placed the love that I have for a local church for a local group of believers. And yes, they said, oh, you can do these interim pastorates and you can do this and you can do that. And I was like, yeah, but I love being a part of a local church. And I'm talking about seeing the work and the ministry that is there and seeing how God grows individuals over time, how he works through individuals. I just love the local church. And may I say to you that in the book of Acts, it is the local church that God uses and today in the 21st century, it is still the local church that God uses. Now, God will send forth people from a local church, and there will be missionaries, and there will be all kinds of, of activities that will take place. But it begins with the local church. And it is so important these days that we give other individuals that opportunity to know what it's like to belong to a local church. In some cases, that means we have to plant churches. We have to provide those congregations. We have to start those congregations so people can know what it's like to be a part of the family of God in a local, specific area. You know, today we talk a lot about church planting, probably more than I've ever uh, talked about it in my ministry, more than I heard about when I was in college, more than I heard about when I was in seminary. Today we hear about church planting all around us. We hear people talking about it, uh, church planning in our nation and overseas. And yet, that is not a new phenomenon. Understand that in the book of Acts, when the missionaries were going out from the church at Antioch, they were going out to, yes, preach the gospel, share the good news, but to start new churches. And I want you to see this briefly in chapter 14, verses 21 through 28. This is the way Dr. Luke describes 
the advance of the gospel and this church planning movement that had begun. He said, and when they had preached the gospel, remember this is Paul and Barnabas, when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia. Now when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From there they had sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them, and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Now again, this is the first missionary journey that we've read about, how the church at Antioch said, you know what? God has called us to be a part of his kingdom. And he has called us specifically to set forth Paul and Barnabas to go out and to preach the gospel and to start these churches. That's what the church at Antioch, in, in Antioch of Syria, that's what they did. And now you see these missionaries, they've gone. And they go into these areas. And you remember the missionary strategy that I showed you a few weeks ago? No, you're no better now than you were a week or two ago when we talked about this. But you remember that basically what they would do is they would go into an area. They would go to a synagogue on the Sabbath because they knew people would be there. And they would get an invitation to preach and they would preach the gospel. They would share the good news of Christ. And some people would believe. But before you know it, the Jewish synagogue, the ruler himself or others would just, would just expel them from the congregation. So it was no big deal. What Paul did, what Barnabas did, was to uh, take those believers and start a church. I mean, that's what they would do. What is a church? It's a local group of believers. That's all it is. And he's, they started a church, a local group of believers that would meet together. They would start this church, and then they would leave them there as they would study. And in this case, they come back through to see how they're doing, to check on them. You know, Paul would communicate with those church plants. Uh, as I mentioned before, he might visit them on another journey. According to his letters, he would pray for them. And also, he would write to many of them to continue the communication with those churches. But why was it so important? Why was it so important to have a church in these population centers? Why was it so important for them to plant a church? Was it not just good enough for them to go in and preach the gospel and people come to faith? Why was it important to have a local group of individuals? Now, this is not exhaustive, but let me show you at least three reasons why they needed a church, okay? Not exhaustive three reasons why they needed a church in these areas. Verse 22, it says, strengthening the souls of the disciples. What were they to do? These churches, as they were coming together, these individuals in a church context, they were to strengthen the soul of the disciples. Lloyd, this is where I would call forth a discipleship strategy. Discipleship that they would disciple those who would come because they knew, yes, they had responded 
to faith in Christ. They had accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but each one needed to be discipled. They needed to be taught. Even in the Great Commission, Jesus had said to the disciples that they would teach all these commandments that had been delivered to them, all the good news, all the instruction that they had received, that they would pass on. It was within the church context that they would teach and they would instruct. Believers needed to grow and they needed to mature in their faith. And through the church, they were able to teach and instruct. Many of us in this place, for example, many of us in this place grew up in churches. Not all of us, but many of us. Wasn't it through the church in many ways that our faith, that our instruction, that, that we were advanced in our maturity within the church? Now, I'm not saying your mom and dad didn't teach you anything. They should have. I'm not saying your grandparents didn't teach you anything. They should have. The home is the primary place to teach children. But aren't you proud there was a church that believed the Word of God and was committed to teaching the Word of God, whether it be on Sunday morning during a sermon or whether it be in a Sunday school class somewhere or whether it was through RAs or GEAs or whatever else you had, there was a place you could be instructed in the Word of God. And remember, they didn't have any access to the true instruction of God except as they were taught through the church. It was so important. Discipleship was so important. And I say to you, even this day, discipleship within the church is so important. It is okay for us to go, and it is not only okay, but it is necessary for us to go to different places. For example, Los Angeles. And preach the gospel of Christ. Absolutely. But it is not enough for us to preach and to leave. There must be a local group of believers in that area that can minister, that can disciple, that can instruct others. There has to be. If we go to Nicaragua, it's wonderful that we can build houses. It's wonderful that we can share the gospel as we do through medical uh, trips or so. But there must be an opportunity that somebody can plug into the local church and be instructed in God's Word. To be taught. I'll throw the word out there. Doctrine. Doctrine. It's not a very popular word in our culture today. But doctrine just means, it means something like teaching, something you hold, something you believe. And it is important today as any other day that we have people that understand biblical doctrine, teaching. I'm so amazed sometimes at how we can so quickly dismiss biblical doctrine. And yet, God has called us to espouse over and over again the instruction of God. It's through the the church here, the church planning movement, that they have a place to grow. So, discipleship. Second, I would tell you, fellowship. Notice what it says. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. Fellowship. In particular, the encouragement of the local body of believers. 
that the encouragement, the fellowship is there. Now here you are, let, let's say that you are in Lystra. And you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well now Lystra is not going to be like Ruston. I mean Ruston, all you got to do is get out on the street and you'll go find a church somewhere, right? You noted that about Ruston? Churches everywhere. Lystra, well there's not really a, there's not a Christian church. And there are probably only a few other believers. And somehow, hopefully, you know them because of the association of Paul and Barnabas and their efforts at the synagogue and beyond, and hopefully. But there are not going to be many believers, so it's very important that you have a place where you can meet with like-minded people for encouragement. You think I, you and I get discouraged in the culture in which we live? I mean, you think we do that? We look around and we see all this hostility that's coming at the church and sometimes we grow weary and we want to almost give up. Can you imagine their experiences? Can you imagine not having basically anybody but just a few other people that you can rely upon or would share the same perspective or worldview that you would? They needed the church for encouragement and fellowship. They needed the church. They needed other individuals. Listen, I understand God can use different mediums. He, he can use different um, things to connect with us. But there's nothing like sitting with a, felt, with a group of believers and allowing God to work through them to encourage us, to minister to us. I'm not against TV ministry. Every, every now and then, you'll, you'll probably get home and you'll see Temple Baptist Church on there. We believe in a TV ministry and it's okay. Website ministry, streaming ministry, whatever you want to find. You can find anything out today. And while I think you could get some good truth, you need to be careful, but you could get some good truth in those areas. There's nothing like belonging to a local group of believers who care about you and are concerned about you, want to encourage you, and want to challenge you. The television, the internet has never been a substitute for an authentic community of believers. And here in this place, they're encouraging one another. They're fellowshipping with one another. I can't imagine what it would be like without a local group of believers to be there with you through these days. I mean, didn't he say, we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God? In other words, we're going to go through a lot of tough times, he says. We understand that. But when we go through tough times, thank God we have one another to encourage each other, to challenge each other. Do you know how blessed we are to be a part of a church? Let me just stop there. Do you know how blessed you are to be a part of a church? 
I mean, God certainly could have called us to go out and do our thing on our own, but he didn't do that, did he? He put us right in the context of a local church. And we're so blessed. We're so blessed. I mean, when we go through um, some of the most difficult days of our lives, maybe it's a struggle with our family as a child is going off in a wayward path. Maybe it's dealing with financial issues when they come, trying to make ends meet. Maybe, maybe it's just a personal struggle of sickness or disease or death. Doesn't it make a difference when you call upon the family of God? People who pray for you, people who lift you up. I say to you, it's very important, the encouragement, the fellowship part of it. Now, I want you to stop and think a moment. There are areas in our nation, there are areas obviously across our world where you do not have that biblically-based, loving, fellowshipping church. The thing that you and I hold so dear so many have not even experienced that fellowship. And I say to you that Paul and Barnabas wanted them to know it, wanted them to know what they had shared in Antioch of Syria, and we should want others to know what the fellowship of the local church is like as we go out in our ministry. Finally is leadership. Now, it says in verse 23 that when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commanded or commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. They appointed leadership. Leadership. Kind of dovetails back into discipleship. Kind of goes back to that idea of fellowship, ministry, leadership. Those individuals that would come in and they would provide, they would provide direction and guidance and teaching for the church. Leadership. And get this, these were not professional, these were not professionals. They were not professionally trained. They were just people that had fallen in, the love, in love with God, who had been changed by the gospel of Christ. And God put them in leadership positions. You've heard me mention this before, and this has really grabbed hold of me in the last few years, especially as I read through some of John Piper's writing, and especially as it related to uh, ministers and leadership. But I really believe that our churches today are being killed by the professionalizing of ministry. I believe today we have so professionalized everything that we are missing the very heart and life of God. I want to ask you, how can you professionally humble yourself before God? How can you professionally cry out to God? Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't give ourselves to excellence. I believe in excellence. I, I believe we ought to do everything we can with the best that we have. But I'm saying to you that God has called each and every one of us. And He wants to make a difference. And it doesn't matter. Listen to me. You can make a difference for the kingdom even though you don't hold a seminary degree. Did you hear me? 
Now, I'm all, all about seminary. Did you, especially if you go to the right seminary, New Orleans Seminary, okay? All about that. I'm all about education. I'm not anti-education whatsoever. But I'm telling you that when you come and you serve and you make a difference for Christ, it doesn't, you don't have to be a professional to do it. It just takes the heart of humility and service and commitment and love and passion. They appointed the leadership that would direct them and that would guide them. And then they came back. And it says when they got back to Antioch of Syria and they shared all these things, what did they do? Well, they celebrated. I mean, can you imagine? You sent out these missionaries and they came back and they started telling you how people got saved. And they started telling you how church were, churches were planted. And they got to telling you all about that. And all they could do was celebrate and worship. Listen, what should we be the happiest about? People coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I love other things. I, I love when we make accomplishments as churches and you get so many in Sunday school and maybe you are able to pay off a note. or You know, those are great things. But let me tell you what I'm happiest about is when somebody comes to accept the Lord Jesus. That's what we ought to get happy about. What we ought to be excited about because it says the angels of heaven, they rejoice when this individual comes and repents of his or her sin and gives their heart to Christ. Those are the moments of excitement and joy of celebration. Some of you know that we have been involved in different kinds of ministries. God has blessed us as a church to allow us to, to uh, maybe send missionaries to Nicaragua, maybe be part of uh, short-term teams, whether it be in India or uh, Hungary. Some of you know that we're even partnering with some of our uh, churches in the nations, like Los Angeles, even some here closer, St. Rest. Daniel Barnes, who goes out there and leads worship, member of our church that goes out there and does that on Sunday morning to assist them. God wants to build within us even a greater opportunity, I think, in commitment and kingdom-mindedness. I mentioned to you L.A. and how we've made that commitment there. Some of you remember that Brother Matt uh, came and preached in October. He's there in Burbank. We're invested in that ministry. We're invested in another ministry, Unity Baptist Church there in L.A. And I'm going to ask Jason and John to come just a minute. I gave them five minutes each. That's it, right? You watching the clock, buddy? That's right. And they're going to share you. They were out there this week, and they just want to share with you uh, what God is doing there. Uh, well, I'll give you a little quick overview, I guess. I'm going to talk uh, first uh, about um, Story City Church and Matt Lawson and Tyler Miller. Matt was here in October. I know many of you probably heard from him. And if I leave John any time, he's going to talk about Unity Baptist Church and the other church uh, that we're working with. So I have a few pictures. I figured we'd just start here so you can kind of get a little visual of who we're talking about. This is uh, Matt Lawson and his family. Uh, as I mentioned, he was here in, in October and spoke and shared his vision uh, about planting a church in Story City Church. And he's hired uh, one individual full-time to work with him, Matt Tyler. Uh, uh, Tyler Miller, sorry, not Matt Tyler. This is Tyler and his wife. Tyler has actually been a, a part of a couple of church plants uh, as well in Georgia, uh, North Carolina. So he has some experience uh, planting churches and was a great guy. We really enjoyed getting to know him and hang out with him some. Let's just kind of roll through these real quick, Andy, and then I'll give him some meat. This is... Uh, the top of a uh, kind of over, 
well, it's above a golf course, believe it or not. There's a little golf course on the side of the hill. And this is the top of the hill kind of overlooking the city of Burbank. If you can see that mountain kind of in the distance there, uh, right over that mountain is the Hollywood sign. And uh, Beverly Hills and Hollywood is down below that. But this is uh, kind of overlooking the city of Burbank. Um, just kind of give you a, an aerial view of that. This is the Griffith Observatory. You've probably seen it in movies. It's a very famous landmark uh, there. Uh, Matt and Tyler began all of their mission groups there at the Griffith Observatory, kind of overlooking the city of L.A. It's a great view. I think there's some pictures later of that. This is a fellowship uh, church in Burbank, the only other Southern Baptist church in Burbank uh, that's been planted and pastored right now by Robbie Pitt, who is also the uh, city coach, and uh, our SIN team this summer will be working with Robbie. Uh, Seth Scriber is leading that team. There's about 10 or 12, I think, uh, tech students on that team. I don't know if any of them are here or not tonight, but we had a great time getting to know him and visiting with him. This is his church. Go to the next one. That's like the parsonage. This is their actual worship center. They have a great location downtown, uh, and they have something a lot of churches don't have, which is a building. Um, As you can imagine, real estate and rent is sky high there, Uh, but they have a great property. Um, They're really sort of struggling on Sunday mornings. They don't have a lot of people coming to this church, Um, but they have some mission groups and some small groups that are meeting during the week that good things are happening at. Let's keep going, Annie. Is that the last one? Uh, This is a park, uh, McCambridge Park, that uh, Story City Church has been working in. Uh, developing relationships there. They've done a couple of movie nights um, that have been successful. Uh, our team will be at this park uh, some this summer when, when uh, my group goes in July. It's called McCambridge Park. It's just a city park right in the middle of uh, Burbank downtown. It's a very nice park. They have a lot of great parks uh, in California. What else we got, Andy? Is that it? Okay, good. So let me tell you just briefly a little bit about our time uh, in the next uh, three minutes. And um, as, a, as you got to see Matt and Tyler and, and their pictures of their family, we thoroughly enjoyed getting to spend some time with them, hang out with them. We left on uh, Monday morning bright and early uh, last week. And uh, believe it or not, we were in Los Angeles at 9.55 Monday morning. We left uh, from Monroe at 6, and we were in Los Angeles, so we had all day Monday, all day Tuesday, and all day Wednesday uh, there last week just hanging out with these guys, getting to know them, spending some time, uh, encouraging them. Uh, seeing some of the uh, area that we'll be working in so we can kind of familiarize ourselves with it and be a little prepared when we take uh, 52 teenagers, I think, as John's bringing, or 15 uh, kids and adults, I think we're bringing um, in my group. So uh, Burbank is a city of 110,000. As Matt has described it, he says it's where Hollywood goes to work. Uh, Basically, it's where they edit movies, they make movies, they uh, film movies. Uh, There's over 700 studios in the city of Burbank. Um, 700 buildings devoted to either making movies or editing movies or just something in that process that you and I don't understand. Uh, But Burbank is a highly skeptical uh, area as far as when it comes to churches, uh, Christianity, uh, your motives. Matt shared a couple of stories with us. He said, uh, I think it was just last week, uh, he had an angry father call him kind of in the middle of the night. Uh, his child had received a free ice cream cone uh, from Story City Church. And one of the groups uh, that was there, uh, one of the teams that was there helping them, wanting to know what his motives were, what was going on, why he was giving out free ice cream to kids in Burbank. Uh, And he said, I've looked at your website. You're not even a church. You don't even meet yet. You don't even have a building. You know, just they're very skeptical of uh, Christianity, of people's motives. And it's a difficult place to plant a church. So we need to be in prayer for them for sure. 
I thought I'd share just a couple of challenges with you, not to discourage you about them, but so you know kind of what they're dealing with and so that you can pray for them uh, better uh, in the coming uh, days and weeks. So I'll run through these as, as quickly as possible. As I mentioned, it's a very highly skeptical area. Um, people are always uh, questioning, why are you doing this? What's, what's the, what are you really getting at? Um, it's a very busy area. It's a lot of singles in the industry trying to make it in the industry. Uh, so they're working several jobs. Uh, they're busy. They're not committed to church. Church is not really on their radar. As a matter of fact, if anything, they use church as kind of a networking time to meet some people. And uh, that's one of the challenges Matt and them are trying to overcome now is just to get some people there that people can network with and meet. Um, they're struggling with the meeting space right now. They're meeting in Matt's home. And uh, that's been okay up to this point. I think they were hoping it might make a little longer. Um, but they're looking right now negotiating with the place in several places uh, to find a spot that they can call their own. Um, uh, John and I spent a good part of one afternoon just riding around with them as they were meeting with the uh, movie theater managers and looking at their space and trying to negotiate what, what might work. Uh, one theater that they would like to meet at is the number three AMC theater in the United States in Burbank. It's right in downtown, but they want almost $2,000 a week just to rent it for an hour. Uh, and part of the reason is they show movies there at Sunday, Sunday morning, nine o'clock. They're showing movies. People are, people are going to the movies. Um, but they've had some great successes. Um, I want to share just a couple of those real quick with you before I pass the mic over to John. Um, they've already hosted two teams, uh, one from New York City, uh, one from Oklahoma. They've had two movie nights in one of the, one of the parks that I showed you. Uh, and they've had over 500 people come to those two movie nights uh, from Burbank and the area around Burbank. And they've passed out uh, invite cards to an interest meeting that they're hosting weekly in Matt's home right now, just trying to tell people and share their vision with them. And uh, they've gotten a lot. They've got about 20 adults that are interested in helping them launch this church just through uh, the movie nights and passing out free ice cream, prayer walking, and being uh, just a visible presence, mostly from teams who've come in like we will this summer to work with them. Uh, they've got two senior adult couples committed, he said, and they're excited about that, to have the wisdom of a couple of senior adult couples, some families and some singles obviously interested in helping them launch. And uh, there's a great need there. They, they shared two, I'll close with this, two recent church experiences they had. They've obviously been not meeting on Sunday mornings. They meet on Sunday nights for interest meetings. So on Sunday mornings, it's freedom up to go to churches in Burbank and just see what's out there. Uh, I asked them, is there any thriving church in Burbank? And uh, they were silent. And uh, they've been grieved, honestly, by what they've seen in the local churches that are there. Um, there's no thriving church in Burbank. Uh, they're all struggling. Even the ones that have a decent attendance, uh, for example, one they went to the last week, said the pastor never opened the Bible, uh, never read a scripture, and only mentioned Jesus' name as he closed in prayer at the end of the meeting. Um, another church they went to said had just begun a series uh, out of a, a popular book by a Christian author, and they're reading a book and talking about it on Sunday mornings, which, you know, is not all bad, but there's just a, a vacuum of gospel preaching and teaching there, and uh, the things that we take for granted that Reggie just talked about, fellowship, discipleship, evangelism, it, it's missing in Burbank. So I'm excited, more excited than ever to partner with uh, Story City Church, and I'll let John have a few minutes to talk to you about unity. 
We did get to visit uh, Unity Church, which is found in El Segundo, uh, California. Um, this is uh, the church there uh, where, where they use, um, where they meet. Um, this is one of the churches, a church plant that's been there for a couple of years now. Um, they are fortunate to have their own building. Again, this, that's not something that is easy to come by, but they have their own building there where they meet. There's actually four different churches that meet in this building. Um, they meet there, um, and then there's another church, I think, that they said meets right after them on Sunday. They have... Uh, 10 or 12 people. There's one that meets on Thursday afternoons at 3 o'clock. They have three people. And there's another one that meets on Friday, I think, at 4 o'clock, and they have four people. Um, and those are the four churches that borrow that building. Um, but El Segundo is one of those cities. They, they told us that there are 114 different cities in the Los Angeles metro area. Um, around and in, in just in that big area that, that you and I would call Los Angeles, 114 different little boroughs that, that make that up. Some of them are big. Some of them are like Burbank with over 100,000 people. El Segundo, 16,000 people. Um, it was described to us as the, the Mayberry um, of Los Angeles. Um, and when it was, it was really fun. Jason and I got to drive around a little bit. We drove around and, and kind of seeing the city and trying to take some of it in. And we drove into El Segundo and we thought, well, this is different. All the buildings were like one, two story. Um, there's nice little storefronts and it's nice and very neat. It has this wonderful park that is there. It's just a, it very much was a different feeling um, in, in that little pocket there in El Segundo. Um, but these are, I'm, I'm not really sure what our pictures are. Jason put them up there. All right. So this is, uh, all right. On your right hand side um, is Nathan Hurlbert. He is the pastor of Unity Church there. Um, he's been there, their pastor for about two years. Um, and he, in his working there, what he described to us, he said, I, I got here, I came as a, as, a, in, in, as a part of this church. And he said, I've been taking them through some steps. He said for the whole first year of, of, of him being pastor of this church, what he wanted to simply do was love the people there, um, kind of to, to, to heal some things, some wounds, and, and, and just to love the people that are part of this church. Spent a year doing that. And then he said year number two, that while they were there, he said, I wanted to spend that year equipping. And so what he did, he said, I took the book of Acts and said for a year, he preached through the book of Acts. And so um, in, in an effort to um, do some equipping for this church. And so he said, we, we loved, we equipped. And he said, now we, we're at the point now we're ready to go out into our community and to start building relationships, to start inviting people in. that We were equipped and now we're ready to go out and to do some things. And he said, but it's hard. He said it was very, very difficult for him because he works very full-time um, in the movie industry. He does special effects for feature films, um, very large, like, name feature films. He does special effects for those. Um, very, very busy guy. And he said, I just, he's like, I was struggling with how to figure out how I would do that and pastor a church and, and be out in the community and do the things that I knew that God was calling. I didn't know why it was going to work. And I prayed and I said, God, we need some help. And sure enough, these two people, this is Troy and Allie, um, they came from Northern California. They this one day said they felt like God was calling them to Los Angeles uh, for him to help work in the uh, movie industry. And then also they said the bigger calling was they felt like God was calling them there to help with a local church. They said after being there less than a week, they, they, they met Nathan um, and they sat down with him and they said, hey, we're, we're here to help. And he said, wow, I need some help. He said, what I really need is someone who can coordinate groups and, and, and groups within our church and then people that may would come in and help our church to go out into our community. And they said, huh, what a coincidence. 
We, they both have worked with an organization called Youth um, on a Mission, uh, YWAM, Youth with a Mission. Um, and so they worked several years. They've been leading groups, mostly of teenagers, all over the country, all over the world, even internationally. And they said, we can lead groups. We can do that. And God just kind of placed them together there. Um, and they had a, a spot to live there, and it's a wonderful, wonderful help um, for him um, as a pastor there. So let me tell you, um, this is their church building. Um, this is where they meet. Um, their, their church, he said, is, is around 40 people, 40 to 50 people um, that they have on, on a Sunday morning, which is really, really great. Um, there in that city, wonderful, wonderful start, wonderful group to start going out um, in their community. This is one of the parks um, that is there. Jason talked about the parks that are there. Uh, a little different in L.A. Um, here where you and I can enjoy the park for a couple weeks out of the year. Um, there, weather, they can enjoy their parks. I mean, this is really, really nice park. I think there may be several pictures of it there. Um, but this is one of the sites where for our, our youth ministry team, we're going to be going here to this park um, and doing sports camps. Um, a little bit different in, in El Segundo, um, where Burbank very skeptical. Um, here, we'll be able to just kind of go in, and they'll they'll set up um, sports camps. Um, they're anticipating maybe even hundreds um, of kids that will come and participate in sports camps this week, um, and be able to teach them different sports, um, and then be able to share the gospel with them. So a little bit less skeptical, a little bit more of that home hometown kind of feeling um, in El Segundo. But these are just pictures from that park, skate parks, um, all sorts of things. Um, that they have there. Um, along with that, what we'll be able to do with the sports camps um, is do some um, intentional prayer walking. It's something that we kind of were introduced to last summer, a lot of our students. And what they'll be able to do is to go out um, and as they're either hanging door hangers, um, as they're, they're meeting people, what they'll ask them is, hey, we're, we're here, we're with Unity Church, we're with um, the church in Burbank, the Story City. Um, is there something that, that, that we could pray for you about? We're just praying for your community. Is there something we could pray for you about? And if they say no, then wonderful, we'll go on, we'll, we'll meet the next people. If they say yes, and they'll tell them something. And then their next question will be something like, can I pray for you right now? And if they say yes, they'll pray for those individuals about whatever it is that they're doing. And their next question will be something along the lines of, would it be okay if a pastor followed up with you about what, what God is doing in your life? Should that be a yes, then they write down that information and they're able to then give those things to these church planters and say possibly much like last summer they gave a list to a new church planter in Indianapolis to say here's 20 people that want to follow up from a pastor and so for for these church planters those things are wonderful it makes me very very excited about partnering with them about sending our our, our teenagers out there um, to work with these people to be to be exposed to what God is doing in the middle of Los Angeles and in, around Los Angeles it makes me very excited that what God is, is, is waiting and, and wanting to do is to establish these local church bodies in Los Angeles in places that, that desperately need to see what church really and truly is about. I hope you're excited with us. Um, I hope you're praying for these places. If you've seen pictures, you've heard a little bit more about them, know that we've got groups going out this summer. Pray for us as we do that. Often disappointment, discouragement settles in when I look at the culture in which we live. But my friends, every day when I see the culture in which we live, I'm reminded that we are mirroring, we're looking more like the first century world every day. And if we're looking more like the first century world, the book of Acts and what they faced, just be reminded 
the power of God is still as sufficient today as it ever has been, even as it was in the book of Acts. And the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us, I believe actually God gives us a great excitement of what might happen. The word that we would see, the power that we'd see be accomplished, the ministry that would take place, because God is still in control, and God is still empowering His church to make a difference. And I say to you that God has challenged us. He's given all kinds of resources and people and activities and programs. And He's given us so many, oh, so many resources that we can take and we can use to make a difference in these other areas. You know, as God builds us here, He's going to send us out. And we're going to see Him doing some miraculous and wonderful things. Would you pray for these churches? Would you lift up these opportunities because God is still in the church planning movement, just as he always has been. Let's pray together. Brother Jeremy, would you come to lead us? Let's pray. Father, we bless your name tonight. We praise you. We thank you for the opportunities that you give us. We pray that we would see your power displayed through your local body of believers here at Temple Baptist Church. May we see your kingdom advanced. May we see your gospel proclaimed, whether it be in L.A., Lord, Nicaragua, or right here in Ruston. God, help us to make a difference. We pray in Jesus' name. Would you stand during this time? Maybe you just want to pray where you are for these efforts, these opportunities. Maybe you need to come, make a commitment. You listen to God and be faithful through this invitation.